The following story was told by Jamie, a writer and mental health advocate from Mental Health Connecticut's Write On program. This story is raw, personal, and may contain language not suitable for younger listeners. We're here tonight to tell you about living with mental illness. And inevitably, that means falling in and out of love. Now, this might go without saying, but relationships are insane. We meet, we lust, we yearn, we love, we learn, we trust, we worry, we fight, we make up, we grow. Sometimes we last, sometimes we don't. Love and fear are inextricably linked. It's a tug of war. And I've already got that going as it is. I have bipolar. It's a living. I found you in a crowded room. I sniffed you out. Or did some part of you that couldn't be held inside drift into the air and find me? The chaos dropped out. A spotlight swung in. There was tension and heat and a sudden feeling of something about to happen. The tide receded. The bulb prepared to blow. A single note rang out and filled the room. It was serendipity. My therapist is quick to write this off as delusion. Maybe that's what I want to hear, what I need to see. But either way, you were there, leaning against the wall, silent. You were the one I picked. It's not a romantic thought now. I hadn't thought of that moment in ages. I just blocked it out. And I know that I compartmentalize, pack the painful things away like boxes in the attic. It's normal to move on. The trauma made it hard to cull the good from the bad. And I don't even know what's up there now. But I didn't get rid of you. I couldn't. And now you're here in my house. I want to pick you up, pull you to my chest, dance around the floor with you in my arms, but I'm afraid. To lust, to love, to yearn, to learn, to trust, to ache, to fear, to crave, to shame, to crumble, all in a day's work. I'm on both ends of the rope, pulling and pulled, and all along my poor heart is tied at the center, wrenched back and forth. Your voice rings out and echoes. I never heard voices, even when I was mapping the furthest reaches of my psychosis, the place where the known ended and the unknown began. Even when I had the devil and Jesus and the call of the void all vying for my soul on a fourth story balcony. But I wonder when I was wandering barefoot through the alien streets reciting mantras that would disappear in a moment forever, like mandalas in the sand, if I closed my eyes and from a thousand miles away heard you clear as a bell. Seeing you now, the moments from our life break out like doves at a wedding. We were kids, messing around, whispering to each other, fumbling around in the darkness of my bedroom. I wrote you love songs. You sang them back to me. It wasn't long before we were inseparable. We taught each other to love. You were my first. I carried on. I played normal. The intimate coffee dates, late nights at the bar. 
I introduced you to my crew. You were one of us. That's all I wanted, to belong for so long. When I was a kid, I didn't feel any different. I felt the same, but I couldn't understand relationships. How did people know people, trust people, and be people all at once? And for years, for decades, for lifetimes, how did they survive the merciless onslaught of feelings, which struck at the tethered heart like a great eagle? And every day, the heart would grow back with vigor and blind hope as they waited for the feeling to return. How did they not lose themselves to the unbridled enthusiasm of this collective voice? I wonder if my weakness was part of my illness. I don't want to be lied to, to be told I was strong. I turned my back on normal, and then there was you. And I didn't have to tell you. I didn't have to swallow my shame and wait for the right moment. Wait until I was sure enough that you could handle it. Wait for the right time to come out when the likelihood that you would stay was greater than the likelihood that you would bolt like a horse. More than any of the shit that my spirit has put my soul through, I hate having to explain. To comfort others who fear my madness, who misinterpret the power that I wield for better or worse. I hate that they don't know. You weren't scared. You listened, listened to the darkest words I could put together. Part of me wanted to terrify you, to lift the veil and show you the ugly truth that I always knew was there. But you weren't terrified. You sang. Soulmates. I used to say that as a joke. I don't know what happened. I got sad. I got tired. I had to go and I forgot you. That's the worst part about it. That's what brings me the greatest shame. Not that I cheated or used you. It's that I blocked you out. My therapist says it's something to do with object permanence. Apparently with some young children, if something or someone leaves their sight, it no longer exists in their mind. This is the way I've always been. I don't know why. I don't know why I told you. I just want to be understood. You're not an object. You're not. I want to pick up the guitar. It's right there, leaning against the wall. Still. Thank you. This story was recorded in front of a live audience at CT Improv's Theater in Hartford, Connecticut. Want to hear more young adults find their voice and speak their truth? Go to mhconn.org slash write on. That's W-R-I-T-E-O-N.